We feel you here tonight. I thank you, Lord, that you're here in visitation with us, giving us revelation, letting us feel your presence, touching each and every heart right where we need to be touched. I ask you to have your way in this service. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It's good to feel God's presence. I seen something on Facebook this week that said, you don't have to feel God's presence to praise him. I'm going to tell you, you better start praising him before you feel him. We better start praising him before we feel him. If I went on my feelings, I'd be in bed right now. If I went on my feelings, I wouldn't have got up this morning. I know all of you at some point in your life, you've been to the emergency room. You've been there all night. Some of you worked there all night. You're ready to get home and just stay in bed. And that's one of these days. But I appreciate the strength of the Lord. Shelly kept checking on me today. She said, are you all right? Are you all right? I said, yeah, I'm doing pretty good, doing pretty good. And I feel worse right now than I did all day long, Brandon. So I did pretty good until, until right now. But I believe God still has a message for us today. And he's going to show us. He's going to lead us. And he's going to guide us through this. I told you Sunday was uh, the Lord is my shepherd. We preached on the Lord is my shepherd. And I said that was part one. I said, I don't know how many parts there's going to be, but this is part two. And so thankful that you're here tonight. You could have been anywhere. You could have been uh, bowling tonight. You could have went to eat my catfish tonight. You could have went anywhere, did whatever you wanted. You chose to be in the house of the Lord. And I'm so thankful that you're here. I want to get back into the scripture. We're going to go right back into Psalms 23. And uh, I'm in the New King James Version, and this is Wednesday night. I'm going to let you relax. You can be seated. The Bible says in Psalms 23, 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley, through the, the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen, amen. I want to preach for just a few moments with the subject the Lord is my shepherd, part two. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for keeping us safe today. Father Shelley's already testified. I thank you, Lord, that you watched over us last night. I ask you, Lord, for complete healing in every life here tonight. Here in the tabernacle, Lord, or, or even when they hear this later on a, on a podcast, Lord, or on the website, I ask you, Lord, to minister your word through the airwaves, Lord, and right here in the tabernacle tonight. Heal the bodies that are sick. Heal our minds. Heal our souls, Father. I ask you, Lord, to anoint me with the Holy Ghost that I may speak your word with boldness tonight, that your word may go forth. The seed of the word will take root in our hearts, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 
Amen. Amen. I want to ask one question. Why is it so difficult to rest? And I don't have to have a lot of feedback because I have a lot of answers of my own. But I, I wanted to give you food for thought. Why do we have trouble resting? And what I mean by that is it seems like when we have a day off to rest, we fill it up with something else. Matter of fact, I remember when we run baseball out here, Wes, for 13 years uh, during the summer months, where we were out there from uh, March till the end of June, and uh, we'd take a break during uh, July and August, and, and in the end of August, we'd start up again and go August, September, and October. We were there every night during the week except for Wednesday and a lot of the weekends. And for 13 years, we did this. And after them 13 years, the first year I didn't run the program, I thought, what am I going to do with all this time? It was just like a weight was lifted off of me. And I had so many, so many options. I was just, we'd sit around and look at each other like, what are we going to do tonight? We have nothing to do. Eventually, we started filling everything in, started finding other things to get involved with until all of our nights were full again. Why is it so difficult to find rest? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, Christians struggle with this concept, the concept of rest. We live in a world that's doing its best to dominate our time. It, the world is trying to dominate our time. I remember in sports, in, in high school sports and things, school outings and stuff, they never scheduled anything on a Wednesday. And now they're seeping into Wednesday. They're trying to dominate all of our time. And when our time is filled or dominated, we feel exhausted. We do. We run through the day, and after a while, by the time uh, you know, it starts getting dark outside, we, we start getting sleepy. I used to never be that way. I stay up late night, midnight, one, two in the morning, play games, drive a bus across the country, do something. These pages are like glued together tonight. I believe there's rest for us in the day-to-day -day grind, but I also believe there's a spiritual rest for our mind and our soul, and one day we'll have a heavenly rest too. God gives us rest. I believe the greatest reason we don't have rest in our life and in our spirit man in particular is because we're not letting God's word work in us. Now, Pastor, that's hard right off the bat. What are you, what are you talking about? Why are you, why are you hitting me between the eyes right off the bat? I'm just being honest. When, when I study the word of God and when he gives me a word, it ministers to me before I ever walk out here. It, it goes through my brain and I realize, wow. These things are all affecting me. God, you're preaching to me. This is just from if nobody else was here, I need to preach this for me again tonight. That's what it is. The greatest reason we don't have a rest in our life and in our spirit, man, is because we're not letting God's word work in us. Well, I'm going to go on with you, amen, me or not. So here we go. Psalms 23 and 2. He will make us to lie down in green pastures. He leads me behind, beside the still waters. Any other voice, let me tell you something, any other voice that is followed will lead you to barren pastures. 
anything other than God is going to lead you to... You know what? The Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. Okay? But after that season, there's a price to pay. There's a price to pay. And any, you listen to any of the voices in this world, you listen even to yourself instead of God, it's going to lead you to barren pastures. They're, they're not going to be green pastures. There's not going to be food for you there. There's, there's not going to be rest for you there. We're listening to too many voices that say to do whatever you want to do. Whatever makes you feel good. Be yourself and don't, have, don't let anybody else stop you. It's a very selfish lifestyle that the world preaches and teaches to us all the time. God is calling for obedience from the body of Christ, not self-pleasure, not self-will, not self-indulgence. God knows what's best for us. I say it almost every sermon, and, and I have to keep reminding myself, and I guess you're needing to hear it too. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts, and his ways are, are better than my ways. He knows what's best for me because he's seen the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. He knows everything about Drew and everything that Drew needs, everything Drew wants, and what's best for Drew. He does the same thing for you. Even though we're often helpless and powerless, we still don't want to lie down. We still don't want to take that rest. How many want to solve your own problems? Yeah. First thing you do is you solve your own problems. Most of the time, Shelly's dad, he, he's, he's been a mechanic, he's a carpenter, and so if you have any questions about anything, I love FaceTime, man, I just light him up and say, Danny, look at this, what do I need to do? I, don't, I, I told you the story about Shelly washing the car for me, did I tell that Sunday? Okay, Shelly decided to do a good thing for me, she's going to wash my car. You know, and it, it's, it's the Corvette. She's on, it's, it was all dirty, and I said, I need you to wash that for me. And uh, actually, I didn't say that. I, I said, I need my Corvette washed. She said, I'll do it for you. And I said, okay. And I'm watching from a distance, and after a while, I see she has the hood up. And I'm thinking, why does she have the hood up? I, I can't see what she's doing, but I, you know, I'm thinking, well, you know, she's doing something. After a while, I see the hood back down, and I hear my car trying to start. My car doesn't have trouble starting, but now it does. Shelly, the mechanic, has been under the hood, and now my car doesn't start. What she did, she decided to wash my motor for me. And the hood on the inside, and she got my carburetor full of water. <laughs> and a filter and everything. Well, she's not the one I'm going to call when I need my car fixed anymore. She can't even wash my car anymore because I, I don't know what she's going to wash. Well, I got, I got off on that. I'm not sure why I did. but Helpless and powerless. We want to solve our own problems. Oh, I know what I was talking about, Danny. I called Danny on FaceTime. And I, I showed him the the car and everything, the inside of it. He goes, well, take the filter off of it and see if there's any water down in the carburetor. And, and then he says, uh, take the distributor cap off and look underneath there, see if there's any moisture. And, and he's looking at all that. And, and I did that. And, and somehow I got it started. I drove it again Sunday. And he got up here to the church and died and wouldn't start. And thank God for Ralph. He was here. And, and he went out there and he stuck 
both fingers. I think he had about four fingers down that carburetor. He said, start it. And I was like, okay, this is at your own risk here. I started it right up. He knew what he was doing, and it started right. He said, you're not getting any oxygen. This filter right here is all wet because it's been wet, and it wouldn't work. So anyway, I tried to solve everything on my own usually, but when I know there's something I can't solve, I go to somebody that knows what they're talking about. Danny knows what he's talking about in cars. Ralph knows what he's talking about when it comes to cars. I go to somebody that I can rely on, that I can trust in. God knows you so well, he knows that you need rest. He knows you need them green pastures. He knows he, you need to be spiritually fed. He, he, but we want to keep trying to do things on our own. Well, we want to do it our way. But in the green pastures, he disconnects us from everything except the, his grace and his care. And we need to be disconnected from everything. There's got to be times where we disconnect and just get alone with God. We need that rest. We've got to have that rest. By lying down, listen to this, we choose an active inner trustfulness in the one who takes us off our feet of independence. We want to be so independent. You know, and it's great to be independent. But when you start trying to be independent from the Lord, you're in trouble. And the world wants to teach independence. It's all about self. It's all about me, 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 me. We've got to depend on God. And we've got to choose to allow God to do things inside of it. Did you know that that's the beginning, middle, and the end of a Christian life is total reliance upon God? It is. He rescues us from the wilderness of self-destruction or self-destructive behavior and brings us to the green pastures where life is restored. Wow. There's so much, so much to this. In Scripture, the shepherd makes or causes the sheep to lie down and rest. There's a purpose to rest. We're not at our best if we don't have our rest. Amen? I know a lot of people that way. If they don't get their rest, they're grumpy. They're irritated. Yeah, these, these new mamas with the babies, I know, I know that's right. You, you, you get grumpy, you get upset because we have three babies in the church, and the mamas, they, they need all the sleep they can get. They need all the sleep they can get, they need all the rest they can get. Listen to this. Hebrews 4 9 says, There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered into his, his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. How many knows what this is talking about? The Sabbath. Listen, the Hebrew word here translated as rest is the verb Shabbat, which comes from the noun Sabbath. All right? Are you following with me? What's interesting here is the primary meaning of this word is not rest in the terms of relaxing, kicking back, rejuvenating, but to de desist from exertion, to cease from what you're doing. We think of rest, vacation. And I say it every time, every time I go on vacation, I need a vacation at home from my vacation where I went somewhere. I need rest from my vacation, right? That's this rest right here, what it's talking about. It's talking about Sabbath. It's talking about taking time off to cease from doing things, letting God handle things. It's still the truth. Ezekiel 34 and 14 says, I will feed them in good pasture, 
and their folds shall be on the high mountains of Israel. There they shall lie down in the good field and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock. I will make them lie down, says the Lord. I will seek what was lost and bring back what was driven away. Bind up the broken and strengthen what was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong and feed them in judgment. The earlier part of that verse, verse number 16, I will seek that which was lost and bring back what was driven away. Bind up the broken and strengthen what was sick. You have to realize in your rest, in your ceasing to do things, this is what God's doing for you. He's bringing rest to your body. He's bringing strength through you. He's healing you up. Hallelujah. Hebrews 4.3 says, For we who have believed do enter that rest. And as he has said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. The sheep could not lie down until they were free from fear, free from friction, from pest, from hunger. That's the rest of salvation. That's the rest of salvation. When we're, fear, when we're, when we're free from fear and friction and pests, man, I have some pests in my life. I do. One of them is called the Internet Company. I have some pests in my life. We need rest from everything. Hebrews 4 and 11 says, Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. There's still that same rest. What we read and hear in the Word of God here tonight is that same rest is still available to us today. Too many times we have a problem in obeying God when He gives us a directive. There is direction when we're in relationship with the good shepherd. He makes us to lie down. We have to choose. We've talked, we've talked about that with my dad this week. God is a gentleman. We have a choice whether we're saved or not. We have that choice. We have a choice where, whether we lie down in green pastures or not. Or whether we try to do it on our own. Desperate people is what I found out. Would do desperate things. Right? Hungry people will do desperate things. They will. We need to be so desperate for God that we're willing to obey his voice. That seems simple enough. But so many times we're looking left, we're looking right, we're looking to find some other, some other, some other solution than God. I don't know why we do this, but that's what we do until we finally realize he's the way. He's the only way. Hallelujah. Well... His word speaks to us. And in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, he says, Come to me, all you who are labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There is rest in green pastures. Amen? Pastures of tender grass, springing grass. Without a doubt, the idea is that the freshness is not stale. This grass is not stale. It's not, not like my yard right now, all burnt up and brown and everything. This is fresh grass. Plush grass is what I like to call it. God's word is fresh every day, and God delights to feed us with fresh pasture. A fresh word, a word that brings revelation to our life, is found when we are at rest in him. Hallelujah. Number two. 
Not only does the shepherd cause us to lie down in green pastures, he also leads us beside the still waters. The quiet streams of his presence quench our thirst as we drink from his word, pray and worship and do his will every day. Studying out this, it says he'll make me lie down in green pastures and and he'll lead me beside still water. And whatever commentary I could find on this talks about the water is peaceful and it's quiet because the sheep are easily uh, afraid and and frightened by uh, fast-moving water. So it says, by still water is what the Word of God says. That doesn't mean stagnant water. Everybody got that? Water just sets completely still, stagnant. They said it's running smoothly. It's flowing, but gently. Isn't that just like our Savior? He gently leads us. He gently takes care of us. Sometimes he spanks us. Sometimes he spanks. But he's trying to lead us and guide us. He's not trying to push us and shove us. No? Well, have you ever had a craving for something? And it didn't live up to expectations? I have. That bowl of cereal that lets you down? How many seen the... The, the, uh, the green Lucky Charms. It, you know, it comes out new. We have to try it for some reason. My wife, she just loves the new box, whatever it is. And so the, the new Lucky Charms, we bought it, and I was with her, and I said, that, that looks good. I like Lucky Charms anyway, but the green one, that, that's going to be that's something special there. I take it home, and I don't get on it real quick, and all of a sudden it's about gone. How many know we have a 13-year-old that lives in our house? Well, I get me a bowl of that. And I, f- I found out something. Spoiled milk doesn't go with anything. Have you found that out? I know some people cook with it, but I'm, I'm telling you, it, it doesn't do good by itself. and it, d- it certainly does not do good in cereal. Taylor come home the other day to go to a doctor's appointment. He walked into Granny's house, and Papa tasted some milk. He said, this milk's bad, and he set it out. It had been out. Eight, ten hours setting that on. It was already soured. He walked in, and we're not paying attention to what he does. He gets him a bowl of cereal, fills it full with that milk, setting out. And he takes two or three bites, and we're like, dude, that's rotten milk. He goes, well, why didn't somebody throw it away? I said, that's a good question. I said, did you not notice the milk was hot? He was greatly disappointed in his bowl of cereal. It looked good. It looked good. It looked refreshing. He thought he was going to be eating some good cereal. It looked like something filling for his belly. But what a disappointment. It looked like an oasis. Man, cold milk and your favorite cereal. It just looks great. It looks like an oasis. You ever seen the moon glistening off a lake and you just, it just looks beautiful? That, that's what it looks like. I'm going to tell you what my eyes were deceived. George Wood said this right here. Life's cravings may drive us to the shimmering oasis, which appear to be pools of refreshment, but instead are dry holes of disappointment and despair. Wow. You have that video ready? Let's play that. That's the way we are. We need water. We need water. And sometimes we go to things we think is going to give us that refreshing water and try to do it on our own, and it's not there. What he found out right there, he needed air. He needed the breath of God is what he needed after that. Amen. 
The Lord sees us. And, and again, I, I told you Sunday about Lord and being capitalized. Jehovah sees us exhausted and spent. And his first, reacting, uh, his first reaction is to make me lie down in green pastures. His first reaction is to give me rest, but then he leads me beside the still waters. Psalm 63 and 1 said, Oh God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Psalms 42 and 1 says, As the deer pants for the water, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And Acts 3.19 says, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Wow. Right in the middle or directly in the moment of chaos, the Lord, Jehovah, is calling us away to be still and to know that he's God. He wants us to be still and to know that he's God. We see these scriptures and that our relationship with the shepherd causes us to desire or to crave or to yearn for time spent in his presence. I have a problem with someone that claims to be a Christian and doesn't want to be in God's presence. I can't say I love my wife and I really want to spend the rest of my life with her, but I don't want to be in her presence. That's a simple illustration. If you don't want to be around your spouse, there's something wrong with there too. Well, I'll get off that. That wasn't even my notes. But Wow. Shelly, if you'd come back, I'm about done. We need to crave time in his presence. We need to set aside time to be in his presence. Again, the world's after our time. The devil's after our time. He doesn't want us to spend time with God. It's refreshing water from the good shepherd. Our very being longs for refreshing and rest in him. And we look ahead to how that time of refreshing can lead to restoration in our soul and our body and our very life. Once again, we look forward to a, to a vacation. Why? To find rest, to, to relax and just not have any responsibilities that we have at home. When you put yourself in God's rest, when you choose to lie down in green pastures and you choose to be led by the still waters, there's a refreshing. There's a refreshing in your spirit. There's a refreshing in your soul. There's a refreshing in your life. John 4 and 14 says, but whoever drinks of the, of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become to him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. That water of God is exactly what you need today, is exactly what we all need today. I believe Jehovah is still leading us into rest right here in 2023. And I believe he's still leading us beside still waters right here in 2023. One of the commentaries named Gill said, this is the water that's moving, uh, that's not moving too fast. Because water moving too fast will frighten the sheep. But he said the water is moving freely and smoothly. God's refreshing water, if we'll get in, if we'll just get in, come expecting God to do something in your life, get in and start worshiping him. God is still in the business of refreshing those that will follow after him in obedience. 
He still has a place of rest. He still has refreshing water. We have to look away from ourselves and trust God with all, in all, and for all. He makes us lie down to rest, feeds us in green pastures, and refreshes us at the still waters. He's still my shepherd. He's still your shepherd. (laughs) And we shall not want. We shall not be in need. He has everything that you need. Would you stand with me tonight? Father, I thank you for your word. I ask you tonight, Father, if I failed you, Lord, to forgive me. I spoke what I felt from you to give to these people. I'm asking you, Lord, for this word to go down deep inside of them. That it's not a one-night hearing of the word, Father, but it's going to be a lifelong of doing the word. I ask you tonight as we make this time of prayer, Lord, that you come down right now. Speak to us supernaturally, Father. I'm asking you to speak to each and every life today. No matter where they're at in their journey, Father, you know. You know exactly what they need. You know exactly where they're at. I ask you, Lord, to touch, minister to them as they seek you tonight. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Would you find your place to pray tonight?